the one thing is that you need to have a database of your customers to reach out to and market to them. If you don't do that, then you're just going to be posting and hoping that people come into your restaurant. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined by Tracy Matney, who is the founder and CEO of Restaurant Victory. She is a chat uh, marketing ROI expert specializing in helping restaurants and online businesses get more fans and revenue using Facebook ads and chatbots. Um, she's been doing interviews all over the internet to help people navigate these COVID waters. And we're so grateful to have you here, Tracy. Uh, to help us right this ship of COVID. So first of all, uh, welcome and tell us about what does Restaurant Victory do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to like engage with a lot of people when there's so much negative stuff online. It's exciting when, to be able to talk about some positive things we can do instead of those nasty memes we always see. Like it's like there are there is hope and we can do it. Um, and so I'm excited to be here. Restaurant Victory helps restaurants uh, get more fans for their brand and put more bills in their till. So specifically getting more fans because you need like loyal raving fans and you also need dollars like to run your business. So we help you get more bills in your till using Facebook ads and chat marketing. Love that. And so what types of people do you work with? Particularly franchise owners, um, mom and pop restaurants, uh, mainly, mainly franchises and mom and pops. Of course, there's corporate opportunities out there. Um, but I love to work with like the small family owned businesses. They live down the street from the restaurant or above it, depending on <laughs> what city they're in. In it, depending uh, on how. Or in it, you know, <laughs> depending on how times are going. But um, yeah, because they work like 80 to 100 hours a week, I, I realize mm -hmm. a lot of times. So yeah, seriously. And, and how did you get into this, Tracy? Well, yeah, it's funny. I actually been in restaurants, I like to say, since I was 16. Um, I've actually been like in the industry. Five because years, huh? Oh, thank you. That's so nice. That's half my life, literally. So you can do the math. I'm 32. So like literally half of my life, I worked with restaurants. And I started out like most people do in restaurants as a, as a hostess. I was a server. I was actually a line dance coordinator for Texas Roadhouse. Oh, so like, okay. if you ever been to Texas Roadhouse, they like do country dancing. I was the one who would like get everybody together and we do some line dances and like the aisles and whatever. Um, I was the one who would be in charge of teaching new people and figuring out the new songs. It was super fun. Um, so I did that for several years in high school and in college. And then after graduation, I got my degree in marketing. And after that, I worked for Sam Adams. That was like my first job out of college was selling beer to bars and restaurants. And so I, I loved that because I, I loved like building relationships with restaurant owners, but I always saw them running around like crazy, like hmm. trying to do a million things. They're wearing so many hats. You know, they're trying to deal with the menu and, you know, kitchen staff, no shows and all different. They're trying to figure out marketing among all of that. Plus they have to deal with licensing and taxes. It's just so much. And so several years later, I decided I was going to help them. Um, and I, I kept trying to like do other different industries, like with marketing. I was like, oh, maybe I can help like these people and I can help these type of restaurants just kept pulling me back to them. 
I just, I think I just understand them the most because I'd worked with them so long. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I got started with my agency. I actually it was an accidental agency. I, I didn't really like set out to start a business that served, you know, dozens of restaurants. Like that wasn't my plan. I, I just wanted to like be able to, I was a mom, I had a baby and I wanted to be able to like do a freelancing and do this like for a couple restaurants. Um, just do this for a few different businesses to help make a little bit of money so that I could stay at home, be a stay at home mom slash work as a freelancer. And then it really started to pick up steam. You know, I got a lot of momentum. I started getting really great results for restaurants. And so I just kept adding more and more. And now I have seven employees and a full agency and it's pretty surreal. So yeah, Tracy, this to me sounds like I'm, I'm picturing the mall food court with uh, them giving out the free sample of like, hey, just try a little piece of chicken. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I've got like, you know, a full meal and a take home dish because Papa's got to Papa's got to eat that orange chicken, man. And so Tracy, right. what happened to you? You, you, became a, from, you went yeah. from a, a sample to like, you know, a full restaurant yourself, metaphorically. <laughs> um, super cool. So you know, in working with all of these restaurants, we obviously found each other through social media. You have a great Instagram, you know, you're, you're great at posting and at sharing, you know, tips and advice and everything. What have you found? Let's talk about the new normal, or as a lot of people are calling it the next normal. Um, yeah. It's obviously an evolutionary process right now, but mm-hmm. as you look at this new normal, what are questions that people should be asking themselves uh, to figure out what they need to be doing and what they, you know, uh, should be strategizing for. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you one thing because if you just do one thing really well, you can keep your business going. Okay. The one thing is that you need to have a database of your customers to reach out to and market to them. If you don't do that, then you're just going to be posting and hoping that people come into your restaurant. But if you are able to build a database of fans, that's why I say fans for your brand. You need fans. You need their email address, their phone number, um, their subscribe to you on Messenger. You need to have a database of people that you continually reach out to. So we do Facebook ads. We run ads to people's online ordering. Yes, and that's great. You you can like you know place an order online. You have to put in all your information, like your billing address and your email and your phone number. And I couldn't tell you how many times in the last several months I've ordered online because, you know, I'm getting it delivered or for pickup and very minimally do these restaurants reach out to me again after that. I'm like, you have my email address, like email me either an offer or just a, Hey, it's August now back to school. Do you have kids? If you do, we've got free kids meals on Sundays, like something, but they don't do it. They are collecting this data and they're not using it. So it's a huge, powerful tool. It, it's worth a lot of money to a business to have people's information. So let's, let's talk about how do you recommend customers collect that information, right? Because restaurants, they, they, like you said, there's so much going on, Tracy. How do you expect right. them to add one more thing of collecting their customer data? I mean, that's, that's yeah. a lot. And when we say customer data, just so everyone's clear, it is what you're talking about. It's, it's name, email, phone number. Right. Uh, Facebook, and I would add permission to reach out to them because right. I, I reached out, you know, the one person that we talked to recently, they were bragging about how they had over 90% of their customers um, engaged in their loyalty program. And mm-hmm. I said, how many of them are you allowed to text? 
because I've been to their restaurant and the cashier types in their phone number. They don't. And so what that means is they don't have anyone's, uh, you know, permission. Yeah. So it just takes one person that's upset about getting a text to get their, that whole deal shut down and get sued. And it's a mess. Totally. That's very good. I'm glad you brought that up. So the system that I use is, it's really simple. I didn't make it up. Like a lot of people use this system for various different industries. It's basically, you take them from a Facebook ad, you take them into a messenger chat bot to get that information. You take that data, you pull it over to like a Google sheet, um, you know, Google spreadsheet, and then you can have all of your database there. Now, if you want to use like extra special CRM tools and like, we could get really techie about that. But the simple system is you run a messenger ad an ad in Facebook ads, it's called messenger is the objective. You take them from that straight into a messenger chatbot. So I actually have a free chatbot that I would love to give people if they want to get a free template. Is that cool? Yes. Yeah. So I have a free template. If you just go to go.victorypoints.net slash free chatbot, and I can give you the link as well. Okay. Go.victorypoints.com slash free chatbot. Victorypoints.net. Oh, Victorypoints.net. Okay. Yeah. Go.victorypoints.net slash free chatbot. Okay. Great. We'll we'll have this posted in the blog. Um, But for those of you who are just listening, uh, we'll mention that one more time. Go ahead, Tracy. One more time. Just so we want to make sure. Go.victorypoints.net slash free chatbot. And so talk to us about a lot of people I hear all the time tell me, Facebook ads don't work, Zach. I'm a restaurant. It's too expensive. I can't get my ROI off of it. And your whole point is, sure, if you're selling one plate of orange chicken to Zach because you can't get him to try the free thing at the mall anymore, yes, it's expensive. What you're talking about is not looking at that in terms of that one purchase, but looking at it in terms of the lifetime value of how many times is that going to break his diet and get his orange chicken, right? <laughs> right. That's huge. And what if they don't have Zach's information? You tried it in the mall, you left, you, they do not have your information. They have no way of reaching you. A so straight, that's why it's super important. Direct. Yeah. It's, that's why it's so important for them to get your actual information because if they, if they have it, then they can like entice you to come back with some kind of offer. So I know one thing that I I hear a lot and that happens a lot is restaurant owners don't want to give something away because they're like, well, my food's really good and people should just pay full price. And I don't want to discount because if I discount, people are going to get addicted to discounts. And I will agree with you that people do get addicted to discounts, but they don't get addicted to free. Now that's not, I didn't say that. John Taffer said that from Bar Rescue and love the guy or hate him. John Taffer knows what he's talking about. He says, people don't get addicted to discounts. I mean, they get addicted to discounts. They don't get addicted to free. So if you give someone something for free, they understand they're not going to be able to get something for free every time, right? They realize that that was a big deal that they got something for free. But if you give them like 10% off or 20% off or, you know, a free thing, if you buy this thing, then people typically go, oh, what can I get next time? What percentage off can I get next time? Versus like, we've actually done a totally free sandwich, like a barbecue restaurant of mine, totally free sandwich, no purchase required. And the client was like, you want me to give away a totally free sandwich and not require them to buy two drinks? Okay, so think about yourself as a consumer. 
if you're going to go to a restaurant and you know, have you ever gotten one of those things before where it's like, get this thing for free, but you have to buy two drinks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, people are way too smart now to do that I, kind I, of I'm not even kidding you. I have two emails in my inbox right now of promos like that, that I got from Facebook, mind you, mm -hmm. that I, I went in there and they were like, hey, buy one, get one free. And it's just sitting there because it's, it's, not, it's not like super incentivizing yet. You have yeah. to buy the two drinks, right? Well, I have to buy a whole pizza and then I get another pizza free. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right. okay, well, when am I going to want two pizzas? <laughs> yeah. So if it's a whole pizza, buy a whole pizza. Like for you, you're like, well, I don't have like two family sized people to feed. You know, it's just you and one other person, right? Yeah. So, so a huge thing is the offer. I mean, we're kind of getting off track here, but the, the offer is really important. And it's very important that you give away something for free rather than giving something as a discount and also reduce the barriers. So if you're giving away something and you require them to get two drinks, now, we do buy one, get one free entrees all the time. And those work really well. Buy one, get one free entree. Because usually somebody goes out to eat with one other person. So, you know, buy a sandwich, get one free. That could work. Um, but buy a whole pizza, get a whole pizza free. That only works if you have a lot of people. Yeah, so for you, it's not a good deal. For a family of five, that's a really good deal, right? Yeah. So thinking about, like, who is your ideal customer? If you mainly serve families as a restaurant, then that's probably a good offer. But if, you, if you're serving a lot of, like, date night, kind of people, then the buy one, get one free entree would work. I just wouldn't have extra, those little barriers, like must buy two drinks. Think about it like this. If somebody comes in, they're probably going to get drinks anyway, especially if they got something for free and you just need to train your staff. This is the human element of it is your staff needs to learn how to upsell them. Mm. You know, you, you can't just like give them something for free and have your staff go cool. Thanks. And then that's it. You know, um, am I, am I allowed to like throw a restaurant under the bus? If it's like a big corporate restaurant. Yeah. We could bleep it out maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so you, you know, how restaurant right now is doing their big free coffee thing. Have you seen uh -huh. that? Yep. It's like a subscription. Well, it's free between now and whatever I have counted. I've been four times and all four times they did not offer me anything else. They asked me for my number. I gave my phone number. They said, what did you want? I said, I wanted my free coffee. And they were like, okay, cool. You're good to go. And I was like, thanks. Like they could have said, would you like to add on a croissant? Or how about, um, did you want to get a sandwich with that since you got free coffee? You know, if they would have asked me, I probably would have said, you know what? Okay. It's 99 cents for a cookie. I'll get a cookie. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they're losing, they're losing sales. And maybe the corporate people at restaurant way smarter than me. And they have like something that they're, Maybe their goal is just to get you there. They don't care if you're coming for only free coffee right now. They just want you to get in the habit. Maybe that's their intention, which is possible. But the biggest thing is just being strategic with your, with your offers and making sure that your staff knows we're giving this away for free because we want them to like become loyal customers, but we also have to try to be profitable if possible. So now in terms of uh, using that database, right? Cause you talked about how, it's one thing to collect it, but then a lot of times, and same thing, I've experienced this as well, is they don't ever use the data, right? right? They don't send out the offers. They don't know what to send out, how often to send it out. It's, it's stressful for them. And again, it feels like it's one more thing on their plate. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe some of them even feel constrained by corporate because they're a franchise, right? Like, right. Am I, what am I allowed to send out? What advice would you have for those people that are getting this analysis paralysis of actually 
utilizing their CRM. They've got, maybe they have a CRM they're paying for. Maybe they have a texting tool. Yeah. Maybe they have this Google Sheets list with 5,000 emails in it. Like, what do I do, Tracy? Okay, so I really think that you have three options. One is you can continue to do it yourself and outsource, delegate some of the other things you do in your business to make time for you to learn marketing and to make sure you do it. That's option one. I don't think that's a very good option for most restaurant owners, at least the ones I talk to. Option two is that you find someone in your business, like maybe a manager, a, a staff person, depending on how big of a restaurant you are, um, you might have somebody who's capable of owning that. So you have someone in-house be in charge of that. So you delegate it to them and they're responsible for sending out texts and emails or whatever. Another option is you could hire an agency outside and out outsource that to an outside agency. And, and that's not the best fit for everyone. Like I work with a lot of restaurants and of course, like I would love for every restaurant to work with me, but that's just not feasible for a lot. But the biggest thing is there's a lot of restaurant marketers out there. And in fact, I know a lot of them. And one of the biggest things is that you should ask them to see their results. Because if you're going to outsource this to somebody, you want to say like, how much money did you make these other businesses? And if they're like, I don't know, like restaurant marketing is one of the easiest niches to get into for marketers versus like working with chiropractors or e-commerce. Those are a lot harder. So restaurants is like an easy entry level. So you have to be careful if you're working with just anybody, any restaurant marketer, you want to make sure that they're going to get you results. So we kind of talked about Facebook ads for a second and you're like, it doesn't work for me. I tell you why it doesn't work. It doesn't work because either your offer isn't, is no good or you don't understand necessarily the technical side of running Facebook ads. So a lot of people, they hit that little blue boost button. They put like $30 into the Facebook machine and hope like customers just flood in the restaurant, right? So there's like no strategy to it. It's just Facebook says, hey, you should boost this post. So then they do. And then they get all these likes, comments, people sharing it. But like, do they know if any restaurant, even anyone came into the restaurant or not? hard to know. So what I recommend is running an ad that you can be strategic with. You know, when people opt in, we say opt in that by giving you their email address, giving that consent saying, I agree to receive messages from you. And they actually have to redeem the offer in messenger. So this is like the next level. And this is what we do for our clients is we take them to that next level of, they actually have to redeem it in messenger. So instead of like coming in and saying, Oh, Hey, I saw your post on Facebook to get this offer. And they're like, Oh, cool. You just mentioned Facebook to get the BOGO. Well, mm. I think that's a no go because now everybody in line gets a BOGO, right? Cause they all heard you say that. So it's actually better if you actually have to have your phone and you actually say like, Hey, I have this offer on my phone through Facebook. And they're like, your staff is trained and they know, Oh yeah. Hit redeem in the chat bot. And so then they redeem it that way. So then you can actually track that Tracy came in on Tuesday at two o'clock and spent $30. So with, with this tracking of ROI, what kind of results, speaking of which, can a restaurant expect if, they, if they're doing this right, they're giving away a sandwich, call it $7.99, they are you know, paying, um, how much does it normally cost to get a, to get a person on? To get like yeah, that? So it very much depends on the type of restaurant there's, there's a few factors. One is the type of restaurant. Like if you're a fine dining restaurant, you know, obviously that's more of a niche type business. So not every person is going to go eat there, right? If you're like a more of a fast casual, like here in California, we have a lot of fast casual restaurants. 
you know, like you go up, order at the counter, you get your food, and then you can either eat in or go. Um, there's a ton of those. Those are more, they reach a lot more people. So the cost to get someone into one of those businesses actually costs less, right? But then they spend less. Their average check is 15 to $20 versus fine dining. Like I have a fine dining client in Connecticut and their average check is $45. So um, it's just because they have like Wagyu beef and whatever. And by the way, their average check is $45 and they're doing buy one, get one free. That's after the discount that they're averaging that amount. So people, it, I think the cost to get a customer really varies. It could be anywhere from a dollar to get their information up to $5 to get their information. Gotcha. So, so say I'm, okay, let's take a fast casual, right? $7.99 price point, say, you know, two, $3. Let's just call it, let's call it 10 bucks, right? It costs okay. me 10 bucks to get someone's information. What, what kind of ROI should I be expecting? Is, am I going to, you know, like in the next year, am I recouping that from that customer or how long do I have to wait? Do you think? Yeah, good question. So on average, people tend to visit fast casual restaurants once a month. So 12 times a year. I like to kind of go a little less than that because that sounds like a lot um, every other month. So six times a year. Um, so if you take that average check of say $15 and you multiply it times six, then that's like your annual amount that you'd expect to get, right? Um, one thing that's a common, like even you just did the math right now when you said $7.99, People a lot of times think, oh, I'm giving away, I'm buying a $7.99 sandwich, but then I'm giving away $7.99. It's actually not accurate, right? Because people think, oh, I'm losing that $7.99, right? But actually, really, the only thing that it costs you is your food cost. Right. Because your staff's already there. They're just standing around, whether or not there's a lot of customers or not, and you're already running the rent. So what you really can't look at is that total amount. You look at the variable cost. So if, it, if that $7.99 sandwich costs you $2, which is pretty typical, it costs you maybe $2 to make, you're losing, in a sense, $2, plus you paid $3 for their email. So you just spent $5, right? But then they paid $7.99 for the other one. So you yeah. get really close to breaking even on the first visit. So what about people who are worried about cannibalization? Like, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to give out, these sandwich free sandwiches to people that are coming in already six times a year. Yeah. This is so fun. You're asking me all the same objections I always get. So this is so fun. I, and Mr. Restaurant owner, I hear you. Okay. But, um, I understand that this is a, this is a challenge. Let me ask you a question back of those customers. If they're your loyal, regular customers, when's the last time you gave them something for free and do you have their information? So it might, you may not want to give that to them because you're like, well, they already come to my restaurant. Well, what if an even better sandwich shop opens up down the street and they give them an offer and then your customer goes over there oh, but and now you, you don't have them. People don't leave my restaurant. Everyone always comes back to my restaurant, Tracy. I don't, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the thing is like, there's so much competition. And I think a lot of times we think like, well, they already come here. They love it. We need to get their information. It's worth it to spend money. And let me show you something. I know if you're listening and not watching, you can't see this, but this is an example of one of my clients. It's a crawfish restaurant and they killed it during COVID. Believe it or not, they actually did better this year during COVID than they did in previous seasons. So we put these on the middle of the tables, um, on every table. So they're already there. People are already there. They're already customers. 
And for those so of you who are listening, it's a uh, we have a trifold table topper with QR code on it that says join our crawfish club. Yep. So they scan the little QR code. When they scan that, it takes them into Messenger to join the VIP program. Just like if they saw it on Facebook, they saw it on Facebook and they opted in. It's the same exact chat flow, except for we can actually track how many come in through this because they're already there in the restaurant. They can't use it until their next visit. So it encourages them to come back another time, even if they're a loyal customer. But like this client, they didn't have a single one of their customers information. And after maybe five months, crawfish season's over. I don't know if you knew that, but it like ends in July. In five season, five months, we got over 3,000 people's information for under $300 a month in ad spend. That's awesome. Like it's crazy. Like ManyChat actually did, um, they did a feature on this. ManyChat is the chat bot we they did it back in like April. I'm like, we should have waited until the end of the season because we hit, we were like just over $50,000 in sales from February until the end of July. Pretty so good right there. it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Considering they were only spending $300 a month on their ads. Yeah. And this is in my hometown of 8,000 people. Um, Tracy, I feel like, I feel like we could talk for days about this. <laughs> I am having such a fun time chatting with you. But let me, let me give some takeaways that, that I got from this and then would love to find out. Um, let's talk about how people can find you, follow you. So number one, I love that. Have a customer database, right? If you don't, have, yeah, yeah. If you don't have a customer database, like wh what are you doing, right? You, you have to know who your customers are beyond you just knowing who your customers are. You need to, what happens if you get hit by a bus there should be a way that everyone can like message uh, your customers. Um, so anyway, have a customer database that's a little bit morbid, but you get my point Two, <laughs> Like you said, use that data, um, either make time yourself, give it to your staff, hire someone like Tracy, but you know, use that data. Number three, um, I love that flow Facebook ad to offer to messenger to data, Google spreadsheet. You can get fancy, but, that's your bare minimum and people get addicted to discounts, but not free tailor that offer to make sure you got that to reduce those barriers. And number four, track, 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 R O I. It's not a verbal punch in the system. Make sure they're tracking it. So you know exactly who's redeeming it. Um, and, and as you're tracking that ROI, look at the cost and not the revenues. Tracy, this has been just like, action-packed 20 minutes so grateful to have you on how do people find you follow you well one of the best places to go is I actually have an even more in-depth webinar that you can watch at restaurantvictory.com so if you go there you can watch that webinar it's like about half an hour and I actually show you what the chatbots look like so you can see like a demo um, and I talk about some of the other mistakes that restaurant owners make so that's a great place to go restaurantvictory.com um, or you there huh I said cliffhanger there. I want to watch this now. Yeah. Well, so go, go ahead and go to restaurantvictory.com. You can also follow me on Instagram over on Instagram. Um, my handle is my name, Tracy Matney VPS. And then um, you can also go on YouTube. Just same, same thing. Just search for my name. I have a lot of YouTube videos where I talk about, um, you know, different tips for restaurant owners um, on my Instagram on my IGTV. I have a lot of the same videos as, as YouTube just depends on how you like to consume your content. Awesome. Well, for being such a rock star, for helping restaurants get to the victory line, today's ovation goes to you, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was fun. Glad you're with us today and thank you. 
thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.